Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. George Popstefanov was fascinated by e-commerce before most people were, a curiosity which shaped his agency, PMG, into what it is today. He launched the full-service agency from his home city of Fort Worth, Texas in 2010, getting in on the ground floor with large clients that were seriously looking at investing in the digital and e-commerce spaces. After growing slow and steadily for more than a decade, PMG had a pivotal moment when it won Nike's North American Media AOR last July, beating out major agencies for the prize. For Pop Stefanov, it was a sign that the industry had finally caught up with his bet on e-commerce and proof that independent agencies can compete against big incumbents. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hi, George. How are you? Thank you for being here today. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much. Uh, great to be here. So I'm excited to chat today about PMG and, you know, the agency that you've built and all of the recent exciting wins you've had, like Nike. Um, but first, tell me a little bit about you and how you kind of got to where you are today. Obviously, you're not American. So tell, tell us, your, all the listeners, your backstory. Uh, yeah, um, well, I'm originally from a small little country, uh, Macedonia, or North Macedonia now. I grew up there until I was uh, 17. I was uh, early on very interested in computers and technology and everything else. So uh, I decided to come to the U.S. I actually came as an exchange student here, my senior year of uh, college, uh, to a small little town in uh Wisconsin uh, called Dickieville. So it was my first introduction to America, which was uh, different than uh, what I thought it was going to be. And uh, I really loved that and convinced my parents, my mom and dad to to stay here uh, on my own and go to school. And uh, one of the schools I actually uh, really liked was TCU uh, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, they had uh, early on, they're one of the first um, companies, I'm sorry, first um, colleges to have uh, e-commerce, e-business program. I, I always believe kind of the future of commerce and uh, uh, and commerce media and beyond that. And there was a very innovative company at the time out of Fort Worth, Texas called Radio Shack. And uh, one of their big donation was to the TCU Business School in partnership with Microsoft and they kind of formed the e-business program. And I was the first, um, um, sorry, I was the second cohort of people to attend uh, that program. And so, yeah, I came here and uh, stayed in Fort Worth um, right after graduation. Uh, met my wife who went to medical school here uh, and uh, joined an advertising agency. So I was of everything that was kind of on the forefront of e-commerce and e-business uh, Advertising was just getting started and there was this new company uh, called Google that was just coming out. So I'm kind of dating myself in uh, early 2000s. Uh, and you know, Radio Shack. Radio, Radio Shack, Shack yeah. was more of a date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. A Radio Shack in the early days of Google. And yeah, I joined advertising and uh, really loved what I did. Uh, I, I saw the future in advertising being very technology first. And, you know, it kind of led me to... Uh, start PMG uh, uh, in June of 2010. 
Yeah. So you were sort of early to the whole digital e-commerce kind of world. How did that shape your um, positioning and what you wanted to build when you launched PMG? You know, it was actually phenomenal uh, because early days, uh, I remember for about two, three years, our presentation was very similar uh, because it was really educating people about e-commerce and uh, digital advertising and Google and what is it doing. And it was a very small penetration as a part of it. So it was a lot of one-on-one, a lot of details. There was one thing that you know, brands keep coming back to. And that was this fascination that, oh my God, like I actually can see, I don't want to say real time, but very close to real time or every day, or at least once a week, like how much I'm spending and what is working, what's not working. And I, I believe that was probably one of the early ingredients of what made digital fascinating and exciting for brands because, you know, it was a cannibal part of media. And so for me, it kind of shaped my thinking that, you know, data and tech will be at the forefront of it and people that actually uh, understand uh, uh, you know how their data is performing uh, are going to be the most successful and so i remember even in the early days prior to starting pmg a lot of my sundays were spent on my laptop watching football anything else and just pulling omniture reports at the time and <laughs> urchin and marrying it with different data and everything else because we had to send a report by 9am for most of our retail customers and so one of the first notes i made about one of the things to build at pmg was like how do we automate a lot of the reporting and the insights you know to, to be quicker to results and details for a lot of our customers uh, and then the second part was just using data and technology. So much innovation happened around e-commerce and digital in the early days, uh, right? I mean, we, I saw brands and I was part of the process and I was lucky enough to work with brands like Adidas and Neiman Marcus and Nike and Burberry in my early days of careers when e-commerce and digital was, you know, two, three, four percent uh, of their business. And now it's tremendously more. And so it's been kind of fascinating right so far. Yeah, it's really I, I mean, it's true. Like you sort of got in on the ground floor of this whole what we now call retail media kind of space and this like net, which is now exploding. And if you look at all of the like Group M and, and Magna and all the ad spend forecasts, it, that's kind of driving along with streaming, driving growth in the media business. So I guess talk about what it's been like to sort of like grow into the place that you are now as an agency with with the market over you know the past 13 years yeah it, it's really been fun you know uh, early days of performance media and, and again even that term now means so much more we've gotten you know a lot of interest over the last five years as a brand as a company from exceptional global brands I and mean, it's always about performance media and really every media being accountable and for us from the early days i mean as i said that that was the biggest differentiator that actually almost everything we did you could clearly see what was the impact on business results on brand and everything else and it's really allow us to kind of come from the bottom up meaning move up the funnel not just within media but you know over the last four years we've moved into integrated marketing and business where we do strategy we do a very custom bespoke creative because creative is different on platforms. You can no longer just take a TV creative and 
run it on YouTube. I think those days are over the way we consume media and then understand what media and what type of audiences and targeting to use. As you said, that space is absolutely changing from streaming to podcast to digital out of home, obviously search and performance still there to all the way programmatic. And now what's happening with linear TV and streaming, right? It's completely opposite. And then really one of the most impactful thing for us was measurement, right? Like we were able to report and measure, which is the analytics aspect of it. If, you know, I kind of talk about the four uh, squares in, in our organization to really come together and drive it. And I think that's probably been the biggest catalyst over the last five years. Uh, but even for us in 2018, 2017, we had some brands that were early on on this journey to said, okay, let's move in a full funnel, integrated media fashion and execute. So we truly understand regardless of where we spend on what channel or tactic or creative, is it moving our e-commerce sales? Is it impacting our stored sales? If you're a CPG brand, if it's moving goods across the board, are we signing new customers, regardless what your goals are across the board? And I think you know, what happened during COVID was scary initially, was just this massive acceleration of e-commerce. And for a nerd like me, that's like saying, oh my God, e-commerce is important. And everybody knows now this McKinsey chart of 10, 15% penetration going to 30, 40%. Now everybody's like, oh my God, this thing is a real thing. It's half of our business and it's growing. What do we do? Uh, Your moment finally came. Yeah, our moment finally came. And, and, <laughs> and, and you know, I tell our team this, which is really fascinating. Part is by strategy, part by luck. And I'm lucky enough to work with some exceptional people. Is like for us at PMG is just all we have to do is be our true authentic self. We didn't have to evolve. We've been integrated since day one. We didn't have to move to transparent performance driven media. We had that. And so as we were getting RFPs and RFIs and interest from brands, when we read our brief, it was literally, oh my God, like this is hundred percent who we are and what we are. Our biggest challenge was how do we take them on the journey? Because you had different brands and different points. Some are just putting commerce and they're putting measurement, they're putting cloud. Others have kind of done it. Many organizationally have not done the right way. That was one of the main reasons why we launched our strategy and consulting practice to help with the digital transformation. It's almost teach our customers how to work with a company like ours. And now that everybody, all they talk about, it's full funnel integrated marketing and media. And so it's really been awesome for me in 20 plus year to talk about search 101 and one blue text links are to now we're talking about streaming and everything being digitized and customers asking, can I get reporting same day by noon versus previously getting something in a week or two was, was good enough. Right. Yeah, no. And, and there's so much more happening too, which we'll get to, but first I want to talk about um, Nike, which was a really big win for you guys. Um, this, uh, I believe it was late last year, or am I thinking of, who knows, really? It was sometime during the pandemic, <laughs> which was all one big year in my mind. Um, and that's a really good example of sort of like a client that sees the value of e-commerce, like really growing with the agency. Talk about how, um, first of all, what that win meant for your agency, and then also how you're sort of staffing up to service such a big client. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it meant to so many people and, and first to the agency was validation for the strategy 
uh, of who we are as a business and where we go. And, and obviously, you know, there was some public information that, you know, it was shared as a part of the release that you guys covered and, you know, an ad age covered and everything else. But, you know, we are, we're, we are partnering with them as they're in North America. AOR, right? And so, and it's beyond just e-commerce. It's across the board. And that's how things have evolved. Like e-commerce is a component, but now being digital first is what is important. Uh, it was also important for a lot of my independent friends. I've had more CEOs of independent companies call me, hey, to congratulate PMG and the people, but also just to pick our brain because it's hard for us, right? It's harder for us because we came from a world that you know, most of the value proposition you hear is like, oh my God, I buy $4 billion or $40 billion of media, I'm much better. And those days are over. If you're not agile, if you don't understand data, if you're not born in this fully integrated way, it's very hard to compete. And so it was important for companies like PMG and others have decided to be independent and again, fight against the big holding companies that have the volume and the velocity and everything else. And we do it pridefully. Um, and I think tertially was kind of important to other brands to realize there's more alternatives than this. And I think that's been one of the biggest thing, obviously that announcement put PMG on the map because we've never were, you know, Ashley's done a phenomenal job. We work with on the PR side, but we've never big about talking about us. We always talk about our customers. We talk about our people, right? That's always been my philosophy is that's who are the hero of our stories, our brands is, PMG is just the enabler to do that. And so it was a phenomenal validation of all the work of what we've done. But most importantly, regardless of the win or not, I told the team, we were who we are. Like we were our true authentic self to the process and, and who we've represented in the marketplace. We have not changed and evolved. I think to me, that's just as important that you can lead with values. You can lead with people first mentality. You can lead with by servicing and partnering the right way with brands and be successful at the highest yeah. level. Well, talk about like, I'm sure being independent played a role in that, right? Sort of like your ability to stick to who you are for for all these years. And it also probably played a role in what Nike saw in, in the agency. I mean, they've always worked with independent agencies and see value in that. So talk about like what that staying independent has enabled you to do and like what your thoughts are on being an independent agency and whether you plan to stay that way. Yeah. So I'll answer that uh, first, uh, you know, our, our goal and our vision and mission is to be the most respected global independent digital company powered by amazing technology and people. And then we use the word company. Uh, sometimes agencies get a uh, bad reputation and we want to behave as a kind company. We want to hold ourselves to the highest standard of how we treat people with, you know, publishers and partners now industries of Meta's Google's Apple and others. But, Outside of Nike, and I cannot specifically talk about why why they chose us. I think we can infer from different things. But from conversation with other brands I've had, culture is very important. And, and culture comes to people. And culture, as you grow, needs to get better, not worse. We have this understanding and this hypothesis that as you grow, your culture gets worse. So this is not the same place. And the reality with culture, if you focus on growing the right way, you should add diversity of perspective and thought and leadership and understanding and grow. Like as a living, growing organism, right, as we get older, hopefully we get wiser and smarter. And that's no different for a company. I think 
us being independent has really allowed us to focus on culture and really focus on our people. When the pandemic happened, and this was really well covered, we decided to lean in on our people and commit to them versus, you know, a lot of companies unfortunately had to do layoffs and having this long-term view of it. We really think about our people in, in, in long cycles. We invest in their career development, growth, uh, perspective for two, three, four, five years. You know, we invest through job rotation, even if the if the place is no longer with PMG, how do we help them beyond that? And so I think one of the things that allows us in the independent sites is around our people. Uh, so having that long-term view. The second thing is our technology. I think we've been building our technology for 11 years now, and it's not about profit. It's not just a tool we've built internally. It's really a way of working and differentiation to really allow us to move faster and faster and faster in the space. And we invest three to five years ahead is how we think about it. I think if we were a public company, this would be very difficult to do, right? Because you have shareholders, you have quarterly earnings and everything else. And so for the scale that PMG is getting to being independent is a massive differentiator and something we are getting a lot of feedback from potential partners and current partners of why they're working with us. Because we have our people's best interests, which have the, you know, our brand's best interests and it works well. Yeah, so to follow up on the culture piece, like. How do you sort of keep that uh, focus on people as you scale? Like obviously with a new, with being Nike's AOR, you, I'm sure you've had to hire a lot of people and onboard them. Like what, how does that impact your culture and how do you kind of keep it the way that has been so attractive to your staff for all these years? Um, we are very um, prescriptive about growth. So, um, you know, in, in when we get a large customer or anything else, uh, we're just not trying to grow for sakes of growing. And so our goal is every year to grow 25 to 35%. We always say slow and steady wins the race, right? Systematic. And I think our average uh, CAGR growth over the last 11 years has been like 32% or something. So we are really staying in that realm of growing systematically. Second, we hire ahead. I think we've had a program we call a graduate leadership program. Last year, we had 80 people. I think this year, we're going to have 60. On average, we have 40 to 50 people. And these are individuals, uh, you know, half of them with bachelor's degrees, half of them with master's degrees. And we put them through a 16-week structure program every June because we thought, you know, there's a, gr there's a great way to learn right from the get-go and so usually we get, I think this year we had over 10,000 resumes for 50 jobs to give you an idea. Half of them are in data and engineering. The other half of them are across media strategy and creative. And so we always hire ahead. And so when we win a business, we're rarely scrambling to hire people um, off the streets, so to say, right? We actually already have a pipeline of people that work internally. And then we work on job rotation and figure out, okay, who's next for their point of their career, and everything else. The other thing that's different for us compared to other agencies uh, is, I mean, our retention on average has been about 90% or so. So we don't lose a lot of people. And when you don't lose a lot of people and you're investing ahead, then you're never scrambling to just constantly hire and let people go as, as, as you win or lose customers. Again, even in our people and talent infrastructure, 
we have a very long-term view of what we're trying to do. I think that's been a really great differentiator, even for our people, because they never feel like, okay, I'm in 17th place at the same time. Yes, there's always growing pains and we solicit and hear feedback from them of how we can get better. But in reality, we always try to think ahead and have that long-term view. Yeah, so how does, um, PMG is based in Fort Worth, Texas. How does that kind of impact your approach to talent? Um, you know, in terms of like recruiting, attracting and uh, retaining diverse talent. And then also Texas, you know, there's a lot of different laws that are being passed in Texas that limit people's rights, such as the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Like how are you sort of navigating talent issues and also attracting a diverse pool of talent while being based in um, Texas? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Actually, this is a question I've been getting since 2010. You know, when I started working with some New York-based brands and said, how can you be successful? You're not on Madison Avenue and everything else. And first of all, I mean, we have a very diverse uh, uh, a group of people. I think over 50% of our leadership team is female. We're really working very hard on, uh, on diversity across a full spectrum. We feel holistically of thinking, of, of ethnicity, of gender, of religion, of location. And so, you know, our offices in Fort Worth and Dallas, we have an office in Austin as well, which frankly has been an amazing destination for a lot of people from New York, San Francisco, LA, that are tired of, you know, city living and everything else being somewhere where it's just as fun and hip and everything else. And so we've had attracted some amazing diverse talent. And beyond that, I mean, outside of our Texas and Dallas, Fort Worth and Austin location, we have an office in Atlanta, we have an office in Cleveland, we have an office in, uh, in New York City. And so we've opened offices across out of Texas because it's important to have your point diversity of think thinking and shape. And listen, uh, I'll, I'll go on the right part. I love Texas in general and I try not to get into politics. I think it's an, it's an amazing place to live. I have three boys that live here and there's a great education. There is diversity of thought on Texas. And I think there is opinion across the board. But I always say, if you take it as a state, it's like the sixth largest economy in the world. It's pretty massive. And so again, we always try to look at the polarizing angle. I think there's some phenomenal people that share very similar values that live in this, in this great state. But, and so I think the way we navigate it, we, try, we respect people's opinions and, you know, we, you know, we always try to show up for them as a good team and everything else. But I think, uh, you know, I think there is beyond uh, Texas. I think there is, we think of ourselves a lot more than, and just the state of Texas as a company, right? So. Yeah. So you have obviously offices across the U.S. How are you thinking about using office space and getting people back into the office as we kind of navigate this hybrid world? <laughs> Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, probably a topic, uh, probably the number one topic over the last two years with any CEO or president or founder is the first question, like, what are you doing? Because nobody gave us a playbook. I, I, you know, I, I wish somebody gave you a playbook how to navigate a remote workforce, brand new people during a pandemic, keep them motivated and keep them going. Um, maybe I'm a little bit more of an old school as it relates to PMG, but, you know, we were very flexible in 2020 and 2021 and, and you can ask our team we took it month by one we never made promises we never made mandates really my focus was to make sure they feel that they're supported we're giving them the mental wealth health and 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 and, and wellness and also make sure they know they have a job and they can provide for their family and ultimately that's what got me going. So in 2020 and 2021 and part of 2022, 
I was less concerned about office location and coming together. Kind of as COVID is transitioning into what it is right now based on the latest details we know. And I always say that because it could change. It's been changing. You know, we've seen this kind of moving more from pandemic to endemic across the board. And so we've seen and we saw in some of the opportunities and projects that we work with, when we are together, we are better. And so we are better together as a company. And so we decided in 2022, the second half of it, to move to a two-day in-office, you know, uh, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then three days hybrid. And then for people we've hired remote, honor the point of them being remote and let them being remote as well. And then as of March of this year, now we're three, two. So three days, we, we ask people to come in the office and two days, um, uh, you can work remotely. And then we, have, we give them flexibility beyond that. And I think the big learning for me was that the, the word ask can be very strong sometimes, but what we saw, if you don't ask people to be consistent across the board, you had certain things that were coming and certain things that were not. And so people would show up in the office and then they're on Zoom all day. And like, that just makes no sense to drive 30 minutes or 45 minutes or to commute for an hour and just spend most of your time. And so our commitment and our approach for the rest of the year is to have the team uh, be hybrid three, two, and we'll evaluate from that. We've heard a lot of feedback from people. It's been one, once that initial, you know, thing like, oh, it's three days in the office. We've heard feedback has been amazing for brand new employees, the integration plans, the onboarding plan. And then also we've heard from customers that just, they feel so much better as we kind of start to travel and be with them together. Yeah. I think a lot of what's happening now is a lot of CEOs are like, okay, it's time to get people back in and people are sort of resisting it still. Do you, um, do you feel like eventually you want to be back in five days a week or is that like, is that never going to happen again? Um, you know, I've, I've used, I've learned to not say the word never because you never know, but I, you know, the way we've worked changed. I think uh, what people value is flexibility. And so we gotta, we gotta work with our workforce to basically give them flexibility when they need it. And we've always been flexible as an organization. We've had remote people prior to COVID we'll continue to have remote people. I think there's some, for some crucial roles, especially early in the career is very hard because we learn so much about osmosis and being there and shadowing is very hard to onboard and teach people remotely. And so I would say for some of those early career roles and opportunities, I, I would see, uh, you know, people being in the office three, maybe four days. I think for everything else, I think the world has changed. I think most everybody, I believe for the next foreseeable future, including PMG will be some sort of hybrid. And beyond that, be flexible to support people as life changes happen. But I think for now, we're not planning on going five days a week. I think it's important to give people a break. They can be a better parent, a better partner, a better human. There's plenty of study to say actually having some flexibility at home is important, but there is a balance to it, right? It's an inverse U curve, so to say, is what we've seen. And so from our perspective, we're going to stick around with that for now. Yeah. So speaking of the future, um, going back to sort of your being an early e-commerce expert, um, talk a little bit about like maybe some predictions you see happening in the commerce space, like whether that's, you know, new technologies you're excited about or like ways you think that agencies, like opportunities for agencies in the space, like how do you, obviously it's growing massively, but like what are you excited about and where do you see the most opportunity? 
You know, I mean, it's kind of hard not to start with the AI space, right? I think uh, it's it's really fascinating. I think borderline scary from my perspective as a technologist, as it's developing and growing so quickly that I think uh, putting some things in place for some governance and how we use it and what we do, I think is going to be very important. And specifically for me, there is different levels of it. I think people always go to the Terminator level, right? Like the worst worst case scenario. I'm also thinking about them. We have some amazing people that are copywriters and creators and everything else that produce great work. And I think that's definitely being distracted and you're dealing with IP and who, who is it and who created it. And so there is disruptance of that. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of opportunities in terms of automations and making uh, uh, e-commerce jobs, media jobs, creative jobs a lot better. And so if I look at it from the lens of positivism, I think one advice that I would give to everybody and brands is you have to have something internal, either a Think Lab or a Skunkworks team or whatever, and even broadly, where people are working and getting used to it, right? I think many people have talked about it, but knowing how to write prompts is going to be just as important. And what we talked about coding was you know, 10 years ago, knowing how to write SQL or using a computer 20 plus years ago, I guess maybe 30 years ago now from that perspective. And so I think from an e-commerce perspective, the biggest area, there's one area I'm really excited and really focused on it. How do we responsibly use AI to improve efficiencies, productivity, uh, quality of life, uh, uh, you know, automate mundane uh, tasks and really make it a lot better across the board. And so we are spending a lot of time thinking about that. Non-AI, I would say the most fascinating uh, space that I'm spending personally a lot of time on is creative. I think we're moving to a world of automation with platforms, consumptions, and everything else. And I think the biggest differentiator that brands, both from an e-commerce perspective, from a creative perspective, from a media perspective, or overall brand building perspective can have is how can they more authentically connect with customers. And that is from influencers, from creator-led, from publishers, all the way to how do people consume media today? How do they consume entertainment? And what are those between the virtual, physical, right, digital that we actually can do across the board? And so it's a space that's very fascinating for us. We believe that it's probably the biggest X factor in making an impact of more genuinely and holistically you can connect with consumers. And it's an area we're spending a lot of time and energy. Yeah, I'm interested that you talk about creative and then you immediately go to creators like what does that sort of mean for like the creative agency as it exists today now that it is more about creators and sort of maybe taking more of a media perspective to the way creativity is approached they have to change the way they work um for sure i mean uh, the days of you know, taking three months to actually come up with a creative idea, write it, produce it, shoot it. I mean, you know, they're over and we're seeing it based on impact on their business. We're seeing based on what customers need. You need to be agile. We need to be in the, you need to be in the zeitgeist. You need to be understanding from a cultural perspective what's going on. And I think what we're seeing is a new breed of creative. They were called creative studios. They're turning around concepts and ideas and and crowdsourcing and partnering with creators in weeks, right? We're talking about one to two weeks, not months. And again, we at PMG, we're on the forefront of this as well, but we're seeing a massive 
revolution, not an evolution, just a drastic change off to where I would even say next Super Bowl, close to 50% of the ads would be more into this rapid deployment and everything else. We saw a lot of it during this Super Bowl where actually crowdsource and ask the people what they think and how you do it where it's massively happening. I think it's different than influencers, right? Because there's different shades of what we're trying to do. But I mean, now with the iPhone and, 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 and advancement in technology, everybody is a creator and you can shoot at just as good quality or anything else. And so brands want testing, they want spin, they want iteration and they want authenticity. They want something that people can connect with and consume it in the format they want. And the formats are vastly different. And so I'm seeing a massive disruption the traditional creative uh, agencies from my perspective with what's happening in the space. Mm, I think you might be onto something. Well, George, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your time. And I look forward to seeing what PMG does next. Thank you so much, Allison, for your time. And thanks for having me today. Hopefully we'll chat soon again. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.